Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. And every week on this program, we spend 25 minutes telling you the stories of our church by interviewing members and other friends of the ministry. This week, we have a special guest connected with an upcoming event at the church, the Faith Lafayette Biblical Counseling Training Conference, which is coming up March 24th through 27th and April 21st through 23rd. I'll give you a few more details at the end of the program, but you can find out all you need to know on our church website at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We, of course, want to invite you to church this Sunday at Harvest as well. We have services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Sunday, and we'd love to see you at either service. Here's Pastor Gary Walton to introduce today's guest. Hoffa Day, Chris. Uh, it's really good to be with you and we're excited about our show today. As you mentioned, this Sunday we'll be gathering together with our church family and continuing the series that we launched last Sunday on Romans 5 through 8 and uh, talking about this big topic of uh, uh, can I really change? This Sunday, we're looking at a, a couple of really key verses right at the beginning of that text, Romans 5, 3 through 5, and asking the question, what good is suffering? So we were talking about last week's introing these things that are representative or uh, you know, come into our lives because of our justification. And one of them, according to uh, Romans 5, is suffering. So we'll talk about what God is going to do in using that specifically in our lives this Sunday. So we'd invite you to, to be there with us. Well, we are really thrilled to be have been introducing to our church family and really to our whole island the opportunity to be a part of a biblical counseling conference. And we've been talking f- about this for about six months, and uh, we've been waiting and anticipating, and finally it feels like it's getting close uh, to arrive. And so today we have with us online, not yet on island, but uh, Dr. Steve Viers, Pastor Steve Viers, is a pastor, the lead pastor at Faith Church in Lafayette, Indiana, and leading a number of ministries there in Lafayette. And so welcome to our program. First of all, Steve, thanks for being with us. Pastor Gary, it's good to talk to you today. Um, the, this conference is something that your church has been involved with or counseling, you know, for a long time, right? It is. It was started 45 years ago by my predecessor, Bill Good, who's a very godly pastor, and what happened, he um, was concerned about what he saw as a disconnect between um, folks who would come to church on Sunday and hear the Word of God, but then there didn't seem to be a measurable difference in the way they were living the rest of the week. So it wasn't affecting marriages. It wasn't affecting the way they were raising their children or dealing with issues like anger or worry or fear or depression. And, and that concerned him as a pastor, the disconnect between hearing the Word of God on Sunday and applying it practically the rest of the week. He had a good friend who was a medical doctor, Bob Smith, who was seeing the exact same kind of disconnect in his medical practice, where he said, you know, I would regrettably have to give someone a bad medical diagnosis. And I didn't see a measurable difference between uh, those who received that bad diagnosis and their response who were Christians and those who weren't. So it was the same dynamic, but just from a medical perspective, it was a disconnect between what persons said they believed and the way they responded to difficult news. And so they came together 45 years ago now and launched Faith Biblical Counseling Ministries. But that was the point. It was to draw the connection 
between biblical truth, sound theology, and practical answers for everyday living. You might not be aware of this, Steve, but I've had connections with uh, Faith in Lafayette and, and really the uh, Counseling Conference way back since I was in college. Dr. Good came to the Bible college that I was part of and taught, I think, a week of uh, classes connected with my counseling. And then uh, in seminary, actually, Dr. Good came again when I was in seminary at a different location and uh, taught uh, a week, and he brought with him a young guy that I had no idea who it was, but it was Steve Viers. I actually met you way back when I was in seminary. Well, it was a great privilege to be able to travel with Pastor Good and Dr. Smith and Jay Adams, um, people that are really heroes of the faith, very godly mm. men who love the Lord, who love God's Word, and who loved people. And I was one generation behind them. But I just had, because of the sovereign grace of God, the privilege to get to know them and to travel with them. And so not only did we have delightful times, hopefully ministering the word of God to people, but some of those trips just were um, hilarious opportunities <laughs> just to relate to one another. And, you know, God's word really is true, and it can bring joy to you even while you're trying to sacrificially travel and serve. And so um, great, great memories and uh, a reason to thank the Lord even today. Let me give a little detail uh, for our listeners on the conference itself, and then we'll, we'll conclude at the end with coming back to that, but this might give them a little bit of context. So uh, March 24th through 27, we have a team past, that Pastor Viers is leading that will be coming and, and uh, uh, really presenting a week of uh, a counseling conference, counseling training at Harvest, really, we're welcoming anybody here on island that would like to be a, a part of it. We'll give you the details about, you know, how you can continue to get online and, and sign up for that conference. But this has been a conference now that uh, Faith and Lafayette has hosted at their site in Indiana for, Steve, how many years now? Um, nearly 40. When, when the Counseling Center started 45 years ago, it was not just a ministry to people inside our church. It was also a ministry to people in our community. And so what we've done, we come together on Mondays and we make um, uh, counseling ministries available to people free of charge from either inside or outside of our church. But at the same time, um, it was immediately started as a training center because Pastor Good and Dr. Smith's concern was also to equip other local churches uh, around the Midwest of the United States around the country and to some degree around the world to equip men and women to offer similar ministries in their communities as well. And so um, at some point about 40 years ago, it was decided to bring that training together into one comprehensive week. And so we've been working on this. I've had the privilege of being on staff now for 35 years. Um, we've been working on this matter of how do we train godly people who want to use their Bibles practically in their own hearts and lives and in the lives of others for many decades now. And it, it's a great privilege when men and women um, can get a hold of the principle of the sufficiency of the Word of God, can find the truth of the gospel and the answers that it contains, and then have a level of confidence, not in themselves, but in the sufficiency of our God, to be able to sit down and share those truths with others in a formal counseling setting, in an informal counseling setting, whatever it might be, but just simply learning how to take the, the sword of the Spirit out of its sheath and practically and powerfully minister it to those that the Lord brings across our path. 
I know that you you guys, your ministry has been, you know, uh, transitioning to doing a, a little bit more off your site. I mean, for many years, I think this conference was just on site, but you guys have been so gracious in, uh, we're going to talk to Aaron next week, but just in working out ways that you could actually bring it here so that our people could be a part of it. So we want to say thank you, first of all, but um, but it's a little bit different format. So instead of the full week that you'd get on, you know, on site there in Lafayette, we're doing it over a course of uh, a number of nights. So for our conference, it begins March 24th. It's a Thursday night, Friday night, all day on Saturday, and then uh, our afternoon and evening on Sunday. So it's a it's going to be a full four days. But Steve, we're really getting all the content that would go into the first year of a week of the conference. That's right. Yes. And that's one of the beauties of all of this. You know, there's a lot of different delivery systems depending on culture, depending on schedules and that sort of thing. And so we've been able to offer this in all sorts of different packages over the years. And I'm very thankful for your church and for the men and women um, on the island who are planning to participate. And it's a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of time. There's no it, some people describe it as taking a drink out of a fire hose. But when it's from the word of God and when we have the Holy Spirit resident inside us to give us all of the strength and all of the wisdom that we need, it's going to be long. I'm not going to I'm not going to act like it's not. But um, there, there's such a thing as I think a, a satisfied tired. In other words, we, we worked hard. But wow, God taught us in ways that are very, very powerful. Well, we're really honored. Uh, I want you to know that, that uh, first of all, for your leadership in allowing this to happen and then your willingness to take some of your personal time uh, to come. You're also going to be preaching uh, in our services on that next Sunday. I think that's March 27th. And so uh, not just those, I think, you know, maybe a couple hundred that are going to be part of the conference, but our whole church will be able to really be blessed by your ministry. Maybe on that line, can we back up just for a second, Steve, and get a little sense of your background, your story, your wife, your family, maybe give our people a chance to have some uh, context of who you are and what God's done in your life. Sure. I grew up in a home where my father was not a believer and my mother was, um, but there was a church near our house. And um, so my mom and my sisters and I attended that church. And um, so I was around the gospel but I was also very shy. I had a lot of questions about scripture and I didn't really have anybody to ask or I didn't have the courage to ask. And then when I was a senior in high school, some friends of mine invited me to come to a a basketball tournament over Christmas. Hmm. What I didn't know was that it was actually a, it was a ministry of a church where they had a basketball tournament, but they also had chapel services. And so I was hearing the gospel and it's not like it was something I had never heard before, but it's, it's so much is timing. And um, I had questions. I had doubts. I, I was hearing truth and I was having trouble putting it together, but I was too shy to go forward in a uh, uh, public service. And so as they were finalizing the, the last service, it was all closed down. The conference was over. I saw a guy up on the platform. And so I just went up to him on the platform of this church and um, told him what I was struggling with regarding assurance of my salvation and knowing that I was on my way to heaven. And I'll never forget, he just sat me down right there on the platform. That was back in the days when church platforms often had a couple of like living room chairs. Right. Yeah. He sat right down. And what I remember about that experience was his Bible was dog-eared. He, he knew his Bible well. And every time I asked a question, he didn't 
answer it from his own wisdom. He just turned to a place in the Bible, handed me the Bible, and let me read it. And Gary, the, the Word of God was just um, uh, setting my heart on fire. Hmm. And right there on the platform of that church, December 29th, 1977, is when I placed my faith and trust in Christ. And um, one of the verses that he took me to is 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life. And I walked off of that church platform that night as a senior in high school, being absolutely certain of my um, assurance of salvation and more in love with God and his word than ever before. And so not long after that, I um, started wondering, maybe God could allow me to use my life that way. And so I presented that idea to the leaders of the church, and they affirmed my call to ministry, encouraged me to head off to Bible college. And um, ever since that day, I've been on a direct trajectory to try to use the Word of God to serve anybody I possibly could, just like that pastor helped me that night. And there's a sense in which I'm living my dream. Hmm. Um, I have the privilege of doing, not just in preaching, but in counseling and in personal ministry, what that pastor did for me. And I am eternally grateful for him. I'm eternally grateful for the Lord for allowing me that privilege. My wife and I, um, Chris, have been married nearly 40 years now. This summer, Lord willing, we'll be celebrating our 40th anniversary. We were married right after I finished Bible college. She helped put me through um, seminary and then my doctoral work in biblical counseling. Right after that, we came here to Lafayette. God's given us three children, our daughter, Bethany. And then we were not able to have additional children. And so God allowed us to adopt two more. Wow. So daughter and um, then one son. Our two daughters each have two sons. So that's four grandsons. And our second daughter is about to give birth to a, a little girl. So Lord willing, we're about to have our first granddaughter. And then our son, Andrew, we adopted him knowing that he was a, a young man with special needs. We adopted him at birth, but he's blind and has a number of other abnormalities that he's challenged with. He's now 29 years old, functions like someone who's about eight years old, but it has given us a great opportunity, my wife and me, to think about um, the difference between someone who has diminished capacity and who has no capacity. And, you know, that's an issue that often comes up in counseling. What if there's something physiologically going on? Does that mean that this person cannot in any way respond to the truth of the gospel? And by God's grace, my son has placed his faith and trust in Christ. He works hard every day at trying to apply God's word to the challenges he faces as a blind young man. He will um, never be able to live alone. And so my wife and I have set up our home to um, care for him long term. And as long as we're physically and um, mentally able, we intend to continue to be a family of three. But um, we're very, very glad for the family God's given us. Really encouraged and challenged uh, by your, you know, just your personal life of caring, you know, the Bible talks for for the vulnerable, it's actually a very specific burden for our church as well, and God's opened some doors for us. I know that the same thing has been true um, for faith, and uh, and I'd actually like to ask you about that. Maybe I'll wait a minute because I'd like to ask about some of the community just care that the church has, uh, you know, has evidenced. Um, uh, we were talking about the fact that your the church, you know, faith in Lafayette's been involved in biblical counseling ministry for a long time. Um, Maybe you said this a little bit, Steve, but how would you say that's impacted your church? Yeah, I think it's impacted 
us in several ways. Um, first and foremost, a number of the people that come to see us for counseling on Mondays, because now, you know, 45 years later, now we have 27 people who serve on our counseling center staff. Mm. So a number of our pastoral staff members, several medical doctors from our church congregation, then some godly men and godly women who have been trained. But 27 of us come together every Monday and we offer anywhere from four to five hours each of biblical counseling to the community free of charge. Many of those persons from the community who come to see us don't yet know the Lord. And it gives us a marvelous opportunity in the quietness and compassion of those hours to be able to share Christ. And so we have seen a number of men and women come to place their faith and trust in Christ in the counseling ministry and then eventually would be baptized and would become part of our church family. So when you're doing it for 45 years, you end up populating the church family with a number of people whose first connection was some sort of life difficulty. So we're, we're not a country club. Right. Um, we are a, a group of people who have some pretty significant backstories to tell, but they're trophies of grace. But, but it's, um, it's, it's a, it, it, has an impact on the church family that I think is marvelous. We're not interested in in transfer growth, taking people from other churches. We're interested in conversion growth. And so a counseling center has been one of our primary means of seeing men and women come to know Christ. It's also then given us the opportunity to think long and hard about sanctification. When you have people who are coming to the church who have been struggling with alcohol abuse or drug abuse or anger or worry or depression or fear, if that was the setting that brought them there and they want to become part of the church family and begin changing in that compassionate context, you think a lot about those issues. And so I think it's it's provided a natural way for all of us to think long and hard about how does a Christian actually change? How does a Christian actually grow? There's a sense in which we're not just looking to have a counseling center, it's to be a counseling mm-hmm. center. And, and, and so um, it produces the kind of strong disciples over time because we're just in a setting where counseling and dealing with real life issues is something that happens on a day-to-day basis. I think the third impact is, I hope, that it helps us position ourselves in our community as people who really love those around us who don't yet know the Lord. So we don't want to position ourselves as some kind of angry political action committee, or we don't want to position ourselves as thinking we're better than our neighbors. We want our neighbors to know that if you have a question, we'd be delighted to sit down and talk with you about it. If you're struggling in some way. Don't be embarrassed. We, we have resources. We're ready to sit down and we can grow together. And so I hope our neighbors over time would say, you know, that church cares enough about us that they have resources available that are highly competent, highly compassionate, free of charge for anybody in this town who's hurting. That's what we want to be known as in our town, because that's what we think our compassionate Savior wants to be known as. You mentioned earlier uh, the influence of Dr. Bob Smith. Um, it's actually one of the things that was so attractive to me early on was, you know, sort of the very clear link in, uh, of the biblical counseling with a number of, you know, just medical doctors and kind of processing in that way. In, how does that change sort of your perspective of counseling to have those influences right from the very beginning, from the medical field? 
Well, there's no question that occasionally um, someone could be struggling in some way in their behavior or in their emotions where there's some sort of legitimate medical cause. And so that's why we work hand in glove with the medical doctors in our community. We want to be sure that our counselees have had a recent medical workup especially if it's some kind of a behavioral change that was sudden onset or was bizarre in some fashion. And so if there's anything provable or proven medically, we want to be sure that that's being addressed. However, the, the synergy works both ways because many medical doctors would say that the people who are coming to see them with difficulties, they don't have a physiological problem. And the difficulty for a medical doctor is they have very limited time, at least here in the United States, they're, they're on the clock. They right. have to get people in and out. What's nice about that is they can say to their patient, hey, you know, what would really be helpful to you is if you could sit down with someone in a counseling setting and at my church, here are some people who are trained and ready. So here's a brochure about that. So it's a very synergistic relationship. And also, since now several of our um, counseling center staff members are medical doctors, it is very, very helpful to work together in ministry. Yeah, that's really helpful for us. Uh, you know, even I think as we're thinking through things, thank, thank you for that. Most of the people attending our conference are not involved in, you know, type of formal counseling. Um, you know, our passion for discipleship is, you know, really, uh, I hope in the DNA of our church, uh, God's given us the opportunity to see many people come to Christ. And as you talked about, then people come, we all come with baggage and there's stuff that we're working through. And we really want to be effective, not only in dealing with our own baggage, you know, that spiritual growth that you're talking about, but being able to help others, you know, kind of hand in hand as we, as we walk this spiritual life. So um, what's the benefit of attending a conference like this? For somebody who says, I'm not a counselor, uh, but I really want to be a discipler. Well, I think there's great overlap between the concept of discipleship and counseling. In fact, I, I think it's possible to overuse the word um, counseling. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you could just as easily talk about concentrated discipleship or accelerated discipleship. But you can't disciple a person without starting to talk about ways that that individual needs to change. Mm -hmm. Discipleship is not just disseminating information. That The Great Commission is not about teaching people all that Jesus commanded. It's about teaching people to observe all that Jesus commanded. And that little phrase, to observe, that's where the power of the discipleship process comes in. And so no Christian can say, I'm not a counselor. That's why Paul said in Romans 15, 14, I'm convinced of this, my brethren, that you are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and you're able to counsel one another. So if I'm talking to someone who's married, you have regular counseling sessions <laughs> and because you're rubbing off on one another. If you have children, you're having regular counseling sessions. If you have friends, you're having regular counseling sessions. So we have to get away from the I'm not a counselor thing. What we have to ask ourselves is, am I a good counselor or a not so good counselor? Wow. Yeah. This, this conference is intended to equip God's people to know his word well so we can apply it to our own hearts and lives and so we can apply it to others in whatever um, level of formality God might give you in the moment. I love that. 
and uh, I'm so excited for our church family to really be able to sit under, um, you know, that kind of teaching and that kind of instruction. I'm very excited about what God's going to do. We're coming up on time here. Uh, when you're here, Steve, we're hoping to be able to get a little live in studio session. Maybe we can talk a, a more about this part. But maybe just before we go, um, let me ask you about this. I know that Faith Church is involved in a lot of ministries besides counseling, about a community-based, outreach-oriented. How would you just describe the burdens of your church? Well, we live in Tippecanoe County, and we say it this way. We want Tippecanoe County to be a really hard place to get the hell from. And so we want every person in this county to have had a meaningful interaction with a follower of Jesus Christ who is living authentically and then a clear explanation of what the gospel is. And so you have to ask yourself as a church, how do we develop those kinds of relationships where we can have those kind of conversations? And for us, it's just looking for as many ways as we can to love our neighbors. And so we are seeking to learn about community needs and then building facilities and developing ministries that meet community needs. And then as we're just loving our neighbors naturally, um, it provides an incredible um, number of opportunities to just talk about ways that they are challenged. And so community-based outreach ministry has been one of the ways for us just to get to know and love our neighbors. Um, I'm looking forward to having you here for multiple reasons. You and the team, uh, for sure, at the start of it is just that, um, you know, we I think we desperately need in this time, you know, this uh, this training is really helpful for us. But I also think that you're going to find in your team that's coming along with you, you're going to find a sister church with sister burdens. And uh, so I'm just looking forward to really interacting with you on some of those things as you view what God's doing here, but especially in those kinds of areas. And I hope we can talk some more about that. But Steve, thank you so much for your time today, for sure. And then even, uh, you know, a couple of weeks from now, we're looking forward to having you come. Uh, Anything real quick, if uh, those that are attending, anything that they can do to kind of prepare for the conference? Well, it's, it's always good to ask the Lord to just prepare our own hearts. The, uh, the best counselor is first a good counselee. And so if we're going to spend a number of days thinking about progressive sanctification, hopefully it's going to have an impact on our own hearts and lives. And so you just ask God to help us come um, as learners and also to ask the Lord to help us to have a true compassion for people. And so if we have, if we come with a, a learner spirit and a compassion for those who are struggling, I think that's what sets us up for being open to the teaching that we're going to receive. Well, we can't wait to have you here. Uh, we're praying for the conference. We're praying for you and your team and uh, just looking forward to what God's doing. Thank you for spending this time with us today. Well, thanks for all the work your church family is doing in making this possible. We're very, very appreciative of that. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time, the Biblical Counseling Training Conference we've been discussing today will be held March 24th through 27th and April 21st through 23rd. We'd encourage you to register. You can find all the details and a registration link on our homepage at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Pricing information is also included on the website. And if you have any further questions, there is a link to Pastor Brian Leonard's email address there too. Please let us know if we can help further. We'll be back in our Roman series at church this week. You can join us Sunday morning at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. at Harvest Baptist Church. 
Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.